0: You guys are awesome. Look at this. We're hanging out at a church on Tuesday night. That's pretty cool. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So I think it's a lot of fun getting to be here tonight um, at Grace Community. Uh, We didn't really plan to be here in the sense of this wasn't our ideal spot, but tonight at, or so down at Lang, there's an event going on. So we had to be here tonight, which we're glad to be here, though. It's actually pretty cool because some things worked out where, uh, yeah, so I'm going to explain this. So, first of all, I just want to say how much I love Pastor Nick and Ashley. So, can we give them a round of applause? You haven't met them yet. Um, they're just an amazing couple. Get to know them. Ask them to take you out to eat or something. I'm sure they'll do that or take you to their house. Uh, there you go. He's rich. <laughs> do it. All right. So, for the last year, Emily and I have been attending Cross Point Church in Waverly. Uh, you know, Pastor Jonathan, who's up there at Cross Point was our pastor when we were kyle the students so it just made a lot of sense for us to be there for a year uh, but as pastor nick and ashley have gotten established here we just have felt that god is leading us to come to grace to be closer to campus and to be at a place where we feel like we can get students to come to and honestly pastor jonathan was a big player in that like he wanted us to do it, or to do that he felt like it was a good decision so there's no like bad blood or anything with cross point but we just Really excited about what God's doing here in Cedar Falls, and we're excited to be part of a church in our own town. So, I just want to encourage you guys if you don't have a church, uh, like if you do have a church, keep going there, that's great. But if you don't have a church, if you don't go to church in Cedar Falls, I encourage you guys to come here with us. This Sunday is going to be our first Sunday here as like officially coming here. It's kind of crazy how it worked out because it just so happened that we couldn't get or couldn't get Lang on April 4th. Like it was like a year and a half ago, I was trying to get. to get Lang reserved on April 4th. I even asked the pastor at the river who was going to be in Lang that night if or if they'd let us have it and he said sure but then it got worked out where he was moved to a different room or so or so the river was moved to a different room and there's this other event going on in Lang, and I couldn't get the room so God just wanted us to be here tonight and then completely separate from that we had decided to come back here to Grace and it worked out where our first Sunday just happened to be this coming Sunday so I feel like God kind of set that up so like all those uh a lower night because we're not on campus I feel like God wanted to do something tonight where like we're in this place and we're saying hey as Kai Alpha we're gonna buy into this and that doesn't mean that everyone has to go here that's just what me and Emily are doing we encourage you, if you don't have a church to come here we love Cross Point, we love Celebration we love Prayer Lakes even uh churches that aren't in our fellowship we love all those churches to so go wherever you're called to go but Grace is really going to be our host church now so I'm excited about that can we just give God a clap about that just what God's going to do with that um I'm excited for the future, and, you know, really, God's just been stirring my heart for this fall, and I'm still in this semester, I'm still believing for for great things this semester, but the next series we're going to be doing is Future Looks Good, and it's, that's exactly what it's about, the future looks very good, I'm going to talk about what it looks like, and what I see God doing for us in the future, it's going to be three weeks, and yes, next week's Bring a Friend Night, and some of you said it's always Bring a Friend Night, thank you for thinking that, because that's what it should be. But I've noticed that there haven't been as many friends here. So I'm encouraging you next week, bring a friend. Because it's going to be an amazing message. Uh, It's going to be just a message about our heart for people who are far from God. So it would be a really good week to bring friends. And it was really cool because I planned to talk about the future for the last three weeks of the semester, but didn't have any clue what I was going to say. And then on the mission trip, each morning as I did my Devo, God gave me each message, the first, or so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's just truly, 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 like messages from God. Like there's times where I'm just teaching a passage, like tonight, to be honest. It's just, I'm teaching the passage. I'm breaking it down for you. But then there's other times where God just reveals something to me in a text that you might not see if you read it just Going through it quick, and I'm excited to share my heart with you as what God is calling us to do as a group in the future. So be here the next three weeks. Make it a priority. Uh, skip whatever you have going on. Don't study for tests. I'm kidding. Study for your tests, but come to Kyle Alpha for the next three weeks. It's going to be amazing. So, but before we get to future looks good, we're going to finish up James. So if you throw up the slide, there, there we go. We're just got one more week of James, and if you remember, between Tuesday nights and small groups, we've covered most of James, and tonight we'll finish up. Uh, chapter 3 and then we're going to do chapter 5 during small groups so that will cover everything so if you remember way back before spring break we talked about trials and temptations we talked about how God calls us to cling to him in the midst of our trials because God shapes us into the person that he's called us to be through those trials and he's also near us in the trials so cling to God then week 2 we talked about how as followers of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, you shouldn't only hear the word, but you should also do the word. So we don't just come here and try to learn things and try to get theological knowledge or doctrine, but instead we do the word as well. And then during small groups that week, we talked about the sin of partiality. So James, you know, is rebuking his readers for showing favoritism to some people um, or showing favoritism to some people based upon their appearance or their uh, socioeconomic status. And he says you shouldn't treat people differently based upon how much money they have or what they look like, but instead you should love all people the same. And then last week, during Caiapha, we talked about faith works. We talked about this idea that true faith, or true faith actually works. So, or so we're not saved by our works, but if we're truly, or but if we truly have faith in Jesus, then works will follow. So we talked about that during Tuesday night. And then during small groups, we had a big combo of stuff. I just threw it all together and said, let's get through James. And I think the big idea of the night, let me look at this really quick so I can remember. Uh, Let's see here. We covered James 3 and 4, and we talked about resisting selfish desires. That was really the main idea of that. Now tonight, we're going to talk about controlling our tongues. So finish up James 3, and tomorrow we will talk about James 5 in small groups. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Excited to get into this, and uh, to refresh your memories, or if you haven't been here, uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus, so he's not James the disciple who was with Jesus during his earthly ministry. That's a separate guy, so that's James the son of Zebedee. This is James the half-brother of Jesus, and uh, James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem during his first years. He helped get that church off the ground. In this particular letter, he's writing to Christians who are scattered, and he's just trying to correct uh, some of their or, or correct some things where they're getting off, and just showing people or showing his readers how to live a life sold out for Christ as a follower of Jesus. So let's read James three one through twelve. He says, "Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that or that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, <clears throat> and if anyone does not stumble." And what he says, then he is a perfect man, and able also to bridle his whole, or to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouth or to the mouth of, or to the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. So look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small by a very small, a very small um, a rudder um, sorry wherever the will of the pilot directs. Also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, or staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptiles and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But there's no human being who can tame the tongue it's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And with it, we bless our Lord, the Father. And with it, we curse people who are made, in the, are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? And neither can a salt pond give fresh water. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for your word. As we're finishing up James this week, <clears throat> God, I pray that the words would come alive to our hearts and that James's words would help us to follow you better. God, that's what this whole book is about, is just following you with our whole hearts. And God, I pray that you would just convict us of areas tonight where you want us to grow. God, we love you so much. And I also just pray, too, like, so not only that, but also, God, I pray that you give us a just a deep revelation of your love for us so that our good works can be fueled by your love for us and not in this attempt to please you. So God, we love you so much. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so most of us struggle with controlling our tongues. We struggle with wanting to talk about people. I think we all struggle with that. If you're a human being, unless you're a saint, and there's some out there in the crowd, I can see you, you saints, but unless you're like not a human, we all struggle with, we're talking badly about other people. We struggle with wanting to be quick to criticize, but slow to compliment. Uh, we struggle with wanting to tear down instead of building others up. We struggle with speaking negatively, not positively. And I'm not saying you have to be fake, and just act like everything's great in the world, but we do struggle as humans, and some of us more than others, of being just more negative, and not being positive about the things that God has given us and blessed us with. But then on the other end, we can struggle with being fake. Some of us struggle with this. We struggle with flattering people, and saying things to people because we want them to like us, Saying untrue things to people to flatter them. And that's a sin as well. The word says we shouldn't flatter people. But instead, our hearts should be so in love with Jesus and so in love with people where we say things that are nice to other people and we actually mean them. We're not flattering them, we're saying the truth, and it's out of love and it's a positive thing. So, I've, so guys, if you struggle with flattery where you're just always saying, hey, you're amazing, but you don't actually mean it, then you need to pray about your heart because you should be able to say encouraging things to people and have it genuinely come from your heart and not be flattery. So we want to say positive things, but we don't want it to be fake. Does that make sense? Um, Yeah, so I think James really hits at a problem that a lot of us have. And I'm excited that James so happened to talk about this, because to be honest with you, I probably would never preach on this had I not had to because we're in James. I'm excited about it, though, because it came at a really good time. God's really been convicting my heart of areas where I can grow in this. And also just, like, among our leaders in KAI Alpha, I've been talking with them a lot about being an encouraging group, being a group that encourages and builds up one another. So I'm praying that tonight's message could be this catalyst where we become this group where we're the most encouraging group on campus. Like, I want when people come to KAI Alpha, when people come to Tuesday Night Gatherings, they go to a small group, they know they're going to be so encouraged. They know that they're going to be built up, they're not going to be torn down, they're not going to be joked at at their own expense, but instead they would be built up, they'd be encouraged, and people would call the good out in each other. So that's my prayer for tonight. So here's the main idea. It says we should bless, or no, we should use our words to bless and not to curse. I think that's the main thing that James is getting at, and this sermon is titled Part Four, Blessings and Curses. So let's... Go through each verse again, and I'm going to draw out some points from the verses. So let's read James 3, verses 1 through 2. It says this. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that, that those of us who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, and he is able to bridle his whole body. So the first point I want you to get tonight, if you're writing this stuff down, is we need to use our words wisely, especially when we're instructing others in the things of God. So James comes out of the gate strong here in verse 1. Teachers were very important in the early church because they didn't have scripture as far as the New Testament. They had the Old Testament, but they didn't have scripture. They had these letters that, that were written from the apostles like this one here, but they didn't have a book they could just go to and and just read it like we get to and say, this is the words of God. So teachers were very important. And some people wanted to be teachers for the wrong reasons. They wanted to be teachers out of selfish desires and, as, and just out of an aspiration to have status or recognition. So James sought to curtail some people from wanting to teach for the wrong reasons by reminding them that the job is not for, ev- or for everyone. And he says in verse 1, he says, not many of you should become teachers for you know that you'll be judged with greater strictness. So James is saying, if you're going to become a teacher, if you're going to teach people in the things of God, then you're going to be judged on a or on a stricter level. So that, like, really hits me, because I do this every week. I do it on the weekends a lot of times, too. So I'm like, holy cow, I better make sure what I'm saying is truly from God. And, guys, we need to have that same heart. Even if you're not a teacher, even if you're not teaching on a weekly basis, as Christians, if you're a follower of Christ in here, and I recognize that, or that everyone doesn't, that, just each person in this room isn't necessarily a follower of Christ, but if you are, then your lives are just a walking testimony to people about who Christ is. So I pray this for you guys. I pray that as you teach people, either through your words or through your actions or through the things you believe in, whatever, I pray that you would lead people closer to Christ and not further further away, okay? So I pray that this would be a group that has right doctrine. Okay, so, or so what is doctrine? Doctrine is... A, or just a set of beliefs that someone holds to, or that a group holds to. So if you're going to be a leader in the church, then you must have correct doctrine according to the Bible, okay? Uh, it's not according to any religious institution or leader. It's not according to culture, but it's according to the scriptures. So for me, guys, there are some things that I believe that you may not believe that are very unpopular for me to believe, okay? They're just being completely vulnerable. So there's some things that I might say or, th- or some things that I believe that might tick you off. But I'm telling you the truth. Every single thing I believe, I believe is shaped by the word of God. There's not one thing that I think is either shaped by culture or by religious leaders that are telling me what to believe. I truly believe that everything I teach you guys is from this book. So if you're mad at me, if you get offended by things I say, I'm just telling you the truth. It's come from the word of God. And good thing I don't have to answer to you. I answer to God. So just being completely honest with you guys, putting, it all, or putting all my chips out on the table... I'm not going to lead you astray. I'm going to try my best not to lead you astray. Like, I'm not going to be perfect. But everything I say is going to be something I genuinely think the Word of God says. And there are some things in the Word of God that I struggle with. You know, actually, Ryan Black uh, texted me this week something about, uh, or in the Old Testament, says something about, like, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And the New Testament says turn the other cheek. And I know the answer, but I didn't really want to type it out because I didn't want to process it right then. (laughs) So I didn't respond right away, and I said, let's talk about it later. Well, I didn't say anything. Actually, I told him today. I said, we're going to talk about it at some point. Just didn't feel like it at that point. But, uh, so, but there's some things. Like, guys, I'm, right now I'm reading the Old Testament, and there's times where God commanded uh, just Israelite people to kill people. And do I read that and go, ooh, glee, that's amazing? No, I don't. I wrestle with it. And there's some things for you. Here's the thing. There's some things for you. That might not be your big thing. It could be other things. It could be issues in our culture, whatever. Maybe it's uh, things that have become political, okay? Maybe it's sexuality, just being honest with you. Maybe it's abortion. I don't know what it is. But there are some things I'm sure that you read the book and you say, wow, I just don't know what to think about that. And I understand, guys. I get it. Like, we're all gonna wrestle with stuff. We all have our cultural background that has shaped why we think the things we do. And to unravel those things is very difficult. And it's not something I love to do with you because sometimes you're very passionate about it, whatever. But I pray That at the end of the day, you would say, I'm going to do whatever the book says. So I'm going to submit to that. So when I read things about, you know, the Israelites killing each other, I don't love it, but I know it's in God's word, and I'm going to seek to understand it. So I pray for you. I don't know what your thing is. That's my thing. I struggle with that. You know, maybe it is. uh, It's one of the the things I mentioned. But I pray that you would say, God, I'm going to submit to your word. Because that's what matters. And James says that you're going to be judged with greater strictness if you're teaching people something. So, like, you may not be a teacher, But I pray that you would say, hey, at the end of the day, I'm not going to answer to myself. I'm not going to answer to my friends. I'm going to answer to God. And you would say, whatever the Bible says. Not what a religious leader says, not what culture says, but the Bible. Because that's our authority. So that wasn't in my notes. I was completely led by the spirit. Smaller group tonight, so I can be a little bit more forthright with you. I just wanted to address that, because I think it's very important. And I love you guys so much. And I don't say anything trying to be combative or anything like that. I'm just telling you, this is why I teach the things I do. This is why I say things that might irritate you, because I'm judged with greater strictness, and I answer to God. And God's going to judge me at the end and say, what did you teach those kids? Did you tell them what they want to hear, or did you tell them what I'm telling you to tell them? So anyways, yeah, so that was a lot. Um, I'm going to pray after that, so let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, I thank you so much for your word, and God, I thank you that, that just, uh, just your word is our guide for life. God, I pray right now that there would be a supernatural work of your spirit where we would just decide in our hearts, each one of us. It's different for each of us. We each have something, I'm sure, that, or that we struggle with in the text. God, I pray that you would help our hearts to submit to you and to trust you and to say, hey, God, or you know best? We don't. God, I pray for that right now. There's something supernatural in this room. I pray that we would just submit to your word, submit to you, and say, God, just whatever you want to teach us, we're going to receive that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to read Mark 9:42. This is what Jesus says about causing people to stumble. He says, whoever causes one of, these, or one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great, if a great stone uh, was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So Jesus is saying, if you cause someone to sin, or I would take it further and say, if you cause someone to believe wrongly, as James is saying here, then it would be better for you if a big millstone was hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. That's pretty harsh words, okay? So Jesus takes it very seriously. He says, guys, we need to lead people closer to God and not further away from him. We need to be careful when we speak, and especially about the things of God, and we need to be sure that our words are leading people closer to him and not further away from his truth. And if you stumbled in this area, take heart, okay? James 3.2 says, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, then he's a perfect man. So he's saying, like, we've all stumbled in this area. We've all fallen short. I'm sure I've said something on a Tuesday night that actually wasn't accurate. I'm sure there's been something that's been there where I said offhand, I'm like, wait, why did I say that? And James says that there's grace for that. He says all of us, or each one of us stumble, and if we don't, then we're perfect, and no one's perfect, we know that. Each of us know that God progressively sanctifies us or makes us holy throughout our life, and we won't be perfect until we stand before God. So 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So you may ask, you know, why do we submit to Scripture? Well, this is why. Scripture is breathed out by God. So it's God's very words. So that's why we submit to it. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So if any human authority disagrees with, or disagrees with what the Word says, the breathed, or the breathed out Word of God, then they are wrong. Flat out, okay? So if you come to me and say, hey, I heard this, but the Bible says this, the Bible's right every time. So when I was a junior in college, I transferred to, or transferred up to North Central University. It's a Christian college in Minneapolis. Uh, And to be honest, when I got there, I just wanted to show these other aspiring ministry people, you know, these kids who wanted to go into ministry, that I had the chops for ministry. It's pretty prideful when I got there. I said, you know, I'm going to show them how amazing I am, how much stuff I know, and how awesome I am at being a Christian. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I wasn't the only one. Like, pretty much everyone there was like that, to be honest with you. And sometimes it would be a competition in class for who could be the most spiritual, okay? You know, we'd be, like, praying, like, saying Jesus six times during our prayer. Oh, that guy's spiritual. And then the other one would go, no, I'm going to pray better than you. Hold on. Give me the mic. (laughs) No. So that's what it was like in class sometimes. And after a couple weeks, I finally got the courage. So to to be honest with you, I didn't say a whole lot. I was actually pretty shy in class. just kind of sat there. But I was older than the other students in my class because I transferred in. But after a few weeks, I finally got the courage to say something. And I was like, this is going to be so good. It's going to be from the Lord. I'm just going to inspire these people. And I actually read this verse to them Well, I cited it from, or from memory because I'm not good. Okay, so, so Romans 8, 38 through 39, who will throw up my version here. I said this. I said, or I said we should not fear. <laughs> I, I remember saying that exactly that way. And, uh, and the teacher looked at me. She was a sweet children's pastor professor and she just looked at me and smiled and then just called on someone else didn't say anything um, you know tried to be sweet whatever I was so proud of myself I said it with passion with vigor like I was like this is going to really get these people and then when she looked confused I didn't know what happened and I thought about it later I'm like crap I totally quoted that wrong this is the actual verses you throw that up so <laughs> So I totally missed it. And this was a good way to humble me right off the bat. And it, it, it truly did set the trajectory for my time at Bible college as I started out sounding like an idiot. And I pray no one else caught it. But anyways, um, besides the professor, I was sitting right in front of her, so maybe they didn't hear. They probably did, but they probably didn't know either, to be honest. But, um so the reason I share this story is oftentimes we think we know things about God, and we think we know the way things should be, and we're quick to state our opinions or our beliefs without truly allowing the Word of God to shape our beliefs. And my prayer for us as a group is we would go to the Word of God first, and not to ourselves, not to what we've been taught, not to culture, not to a religious teacher or institution, but instead go to the Word and say, God, you shape us. Like, like wouldn't it be cool if we could truly come to the Word with, like, a clean slate, try to remove all our preconceived notions and just say, Lord, shape and mold me, shape and mold me through this text. And obviously we need teachers to help us. Like, you don't just go off rogue, like, I'm going to interpret this all myself without help. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying come and put your preconceived ideas aside and allow the word to shape and mold you. I pray that this group would be a place where we can do that. And I also want to say uh, that this is a safe place for us to explore, to discover God's truth. You don't have to to have everything figured out. So maybe you're struggling with uh, just one of the things I mentioned. You don't have to have it all figured out to belong here. you know, people like to say you belong before you become or believe whatever. Like, that's something we try to do. I truly pray that you would feel like you belong in Caiapha regardless if you agree with Caiapha's beliefs or what the word of God says. I pray that you would feel like you belong, but I pray that you would submit to God and say, God, shape me and mold me and go through the process with him. Does that make sense? It's my prayer for you guys. All right, so let's go to the next part here. Uh, James 3, 3 through 6. It says, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. And then look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong or by strong winds, they are guided by a very small by a very small rudder. I said it. So if, I'm just gonna say this for those of you who don't know, I have a stutter, so sometimes I can't say words. And rudder is just giving me a tough time tonight. So anyways, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small or a small member, and yet it boasts of great things. And how great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire! And the tongue is a fire, it's a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is the tongue is set among our members, and staining the whole body, setting on fire, the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. See, this text does not help me with my sutter. It's a tough one to read out loud. Alright, so anyways, second point tonight is this. The words we speak set the trajectory of our lives. So James is using this illustration of bits in the mouths of horses and these rudders and ships to demonstrate how very small things can control large objects. So the tongue, which is a smaller organ in our body, can control our lives. It can kind of direct us and take us in certain directions. So although the tongue is small, it can have huge effects on us. Or just as James referred to a small fire taking down a great forest, the small organ of the tongue can take down our whole lives. The tongue can take us down a path that causes us to be consumed by this unrighteousness that James talks about. It can stain our whole body And it can destroy our lives. So so where our words go, then that's where our lives are going to go. If we speak in a way that doesn't honor God, if if we just say hurtful things about people, then it can seep into other areas of our lives and take us down this path of unrighteousness. So we need to be on guard and watch our tongues. And our tongues can also reflect, so they don't only take us down a bad path. They can also reflect what's going on in our hearts. So in Matthew 15, Jesus says this. He says, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts and murder and adultery, uh, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. So what comes out of our mouth shows what's going on in our hearts. This defiles us, and it also shows the defilement in our hearts. So we need to watch our tongues, and if our tongues are running rampant with unrighteousness, then we need to consider what... Is my tongue reflecting in my heart? So I pray that you wouldn't just say, hey, I'm gonna try harder after this to talk more or to talk more edifying at people, although I want you to do that. But instead I pray that you would say, God, what's going on in my heart? Why am I so bitter towards people? Why am I talking poorly about people? Which is actually probably bitterness. You know, this bitterness is causing me to talk poorly about people and go to the bitterness and deal with the root, don't just try to deal with the tongue. Does that make sense? So typically if we're gossiping, talking poorly about people, there's some bitterness there, so we need to deal with it. Um, or so our tongues defiling our lives can look like a few different things. So a couple questions for you. Are you quick to criticize or to build up? If you're quick to criticize, then there could be something sour going on in your heart. It's good to have discernment and to see things as they are, but it's not good to be critical all the time. okay? Second question, do you gossip about other people? This reflects a lack of love for your brothers and sisters in Christ or for just people in general. And it's disobedience to the second greatest commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're gossiping about other people, that's reflecting a lack of love for your neighbor. Third question, do you speak vulgarly? Do you say nasty things when you're around your friends? I was guilty of that in high school. I would just talk so nasty with my friends to try to fit in. And this is obviously a reflection of a heart that's not being purified by God. So what I'm trying to say is, is a lot of time our words the things we're saying are coming out of something going on in our hearts, And this is a double-edged sword. Our words don't only reflect what's going on in our hearts, but they also can cause our hearts to go down a bad path. Does that make sense? All right, so James 3.6 says, And the tongue is a, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, and it stains the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So the tongue can stain the body. It can set your life on this course of fire. So let's be careful with the words we say and speak in a way where we're setting ourselves up for a beautiful future. Like, I want to just say beautiful things about people because I want to have a beautiful future. I know about you guys. I want to go down a good path. And if I'm talking poorly about people, that's going to take me down a bad path, okay? So let's be a people who encourage, build up, and not criticize or speak vulgarly. All right, so James 3, 7 through 8 says this. For every kind of beast and bird of reptiles and sea creatures can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but there's no human being who can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. It's full of deadly poison. So the third point is this. Our tongues cannot be tamed without the help of Jesus. So James asserts that that no one can tame the tongue on their own. So naturally, we'll want to gossip. We'll want to tear others down. We'll want to say vulgar things. And naturally, we're going to want to give in to, to the restless evil that can be our tongue. Our tongues sing along with Miley Cyrus as she sings this. For those who don't know me, I can get a bit crazy have to get my way, yep, 24 hours a day. You got the slide up there? There you go. Because I'm hot like that. Let's go on to the next verse here. I can't be tamed. I can't be tamed. I can't be blamed. I can't, I can't, I can't, can't be tamed. I can't be changed. I can't be tamed. I can't, can't, I can't be tamed. So our tongues can't be tamed if it's up to us. <laughs> So what Miley doesn't realize is Jesus could help her, okay? <laughs> so, and, I, and God bless her, seriously. But through the forgiveness, I'm not going to talk badly about her. She's amazing. All right. Through the forgiveness and power of Christ secured for us on the cross, we can be so compelled by God's love for us where we begin to have victory with our words. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul, Paul's listing out a bunch of sins and how those who practice those sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he says about these sins. And although it's not listed, he probably would group having a loose tongue into that passage. And then he says this in verse 11. He says, And such were some of you, but you were, or but you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul says that through Jesus we are washed, we're forgiven. And he says we're sanctified, which means to become more holy, as I said earlier. This happens progressively throughout our lives. And he says, and he also says we're justified, which just means to be made right with God. So I don't care what you're struggling with. Paul says you can find forgiveness for your words, power to speak in a way that's edifying. And you can be made right with God and restored from your sinful tendencies to give into your tongues. So that's encouraging to me. Um, Or so... I personally have had quite the journey with this growing up, you know. Growing up, I, I really struggled not to gossip about other people. It's something I really struggled with. I would struggle, like, there be times I'd be talking crap about my friend, and then he'd be standing behind me. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> that happened to me a lot of times, to be honest, growing up. I really struggled with that. Like, I just loved to talk and to, you know, talk about people. And something else I struggled with was talking vulgarly. But then when Christ encountered my heart when I was a senior in high school, and I fell in love with him, you know, I'd be... Or back in the day, I used to cuss all the time, you know, do all that. Like, it wasn't like I started trying harder. Just naturally, it started to go away. I started to stop wanting to gossip about my friends. I started to not talk vulgarly. I started to not cuss. You know, it just started to go away. Not because I was trying to prove anything to God or anything like that, but because I was so compelled by his love where right? I didn't want to talk that way anymore. So I pray for us, if you feel like you can't be tamed, I pray that you uh, would give in to Jesus and let him show you his love. And he can tame you, okay? All right, that's the application there. All right, James 3, 9 through 12, let's finish this up. He says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. He says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and fresh in salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? And neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So the final point tonight is this. We should use our words to bless people. So James ends this passage on our tongues by just asking us a few questions. First, he asks us, how could you possibly bless God in prayer and worship and then turn around and curse people who are made in his likeness? That's a good question for us. We worship God here on Tuesday nights. We go hard. Uh, Are we just... or just adore Jesus in our prayer time and during worship we tell him how much we love him. But then we can turn around and go out and curse our brothers and sisters and talk poorly about people. Or we can tear people down directly to their face. You know, like you might think it's joking, but tearing people down is not of Christ either. So or I have mentioned gossiping a couple of times tonight, so I just want to take a second to define that. So I was talking to Matt McClellan about the message. He said you should define gossip, so I'm going to do that for him. So this is for Matt. So gossip is saying things about other people that are not confirmed to be true. So as followers of Christ, there's no place for that. There's no place for spreading stuff around and say, oh, do you hear this about Marcus? Like, he's a stud. Do you hear that? <laughs> Actually, that is true, but it's confirmed to be true. But, uh, so you can say that. <clears throat> and we shouldn't sit around and uh, just make judgments about people. That's not what God calls us to do. But I don't think James is only referring to that. I think he's also referring to slandering others. So slandering is making damaging statements about other people. So that's just talking badly about people. And we shouldn't make uh, slandering statements about each other or to each other. Don't say to, or to each other's face either. We talked about this last week in small Group in James 4.11. It says this, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law, but if you judge the law, then you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. So there's simply no place for speaking evil against each other in the kingdom, or to make judgments, or to make judgments about each other. So don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that that we can't come to each other and say, "Hey, I see this in your life. This is biblical." So if anyone says, "Only God can judge me," like whatever, they can say that. But it's not true. Like guys, Christians can come to each other and say, "Hey, I see this in your life." Like Marcus, I see this in your life. You're just lying all the time. You're stealing from the candy store. And knock it off, Marcus. I can do that as a follower of Christ. It's okay to say, this is truth. I've seen you do this. Don't do this anymore. But uh, just what James is getting at is just, they're speaking evil against each other, just saying, Marcus, I think your shirt's stupid. You know, you look dumb tonight. I'm just using Marcus over and over again. Uh, But so what he's saying is, (laughs) I actually like your shirt. But so the point I'm making, it's okay to come to each other and point stuff out in love, in grace, and if it's truthful, but it's not okay just to bash each other for no reason. That's pretty much what I'm saying. All right. So Ephesians 4.29 says this. Or it says, and this is kind of the verse of the night. I pray that you get this. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, and as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's powerful. That's what Paul calls us to. So, guys, we should make it our goal to let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths. There's no vulgarity, there's no slandering, there's no cutting down. Instead, we should seek to build each other up. We should seek to honor each other and encourage one another. We should seek to continually be seeking to give grace to other people. So I've heard it said that encouragement is giving people the courage to be the person that God has called them to be. I pray that you would be a courage giver. Give people courage. If you see something good in someone else, Tell them, stop holding on to compliments, stop being stingy with your compliments. Go and tell them that might be the courage they need that day to be the person that God has called them to be. So, one of my favorite groups of people to hang out with are the other Kyelfa pastors in our state. I love these guys, they're amazing, they're awesome. Uh, So, if you went on a mission trip, then you saw us go into this prayer room every night. No, we're just encouraging each other in there, we weren't praying. Just hanging out. Uh, so I just love those guys because every time I go and hang out with these guys, whether it's at an event for our state or something with Kyle, they always encourage me like crazy. And, and they, don't only, or they don't only encourage me, but I also encourage them. It's fun to encourage people, it feels good to encourage. It feels nasty to cut people down. That doesn't, that's not fun. So being with Kyle for Pastors, I love it. We just encourage each other. And last week I had a couple guys come and help me move, and I love these guys. I won't say their names. Uh, But these guys are all amazing core leaders in Kyle, Alpha. They're amazing. But the whole time, we were just kind of like, just kind of dogging each other. The whole time. Oh, I was going to say a name. Oh, you don't have very strong muscles. You can't pick that up. Whatever. (laughs) Just kind of dogging each other the whole time. And to be honest, I was being influenced by them. I blame it on them. And I'm kidding. No, we were all kind (laughs) of doing. uh, And and I kind of, you know, jumped in a little bit. And I realized halfway through. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be the leader here. Let's try to take it a different direction. I tried. It didn't really work out. But, uh. But I talked to a couple of them later because we went to pizza afterwards. That's what you're supposed to do when people help you move. So I took them to pizza and we talked. And I just told them I was like, "Guys, could we try to set a better precedent in the future? Could we?" And I just asked them. I said, "Didn't that feel kind of nasty? Like halfway through, like it's kind of fun for a little bit to joke, but like after a while, it just gets kind of, it just kind of gets annoying, you know, to keep making fun of each other." And the two guys said that they're gonna do that. So just look to them now. <laughs> I'm looking at them kind of right now. But. Uh, <laughs> So these guys are going to do that. And, uh, and I just kind of challenge them. Let's be a group where when we get together, we encourage each other so much. Because to be honest, the cutting down, the criticizing, that's actually a reflection of immaturity. You know, there's some 50-year-olds who do it all the time. That's immaturity. When you're confident in yourself, when you're comfortable with other people, then you'll encourage them. You don't feel the need to cut them down. You don't feel the need to say, hey, I'm going to cut you down so I feel better. So guys, I pray as a group, and that's not to dog them. We are all are guilty of it, including me. I was one of the people doing it. Let's be a group of people who encourage each other. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to joke, but our encouragement of each other should always far outpace our joking at each other's expense. I pray that there would be no jokes at each other's expense, actually. We can joke without making fun of each other. So God is calling us to be a group that builds one another up. So whenever we're or so whenever we go to Kyle events, I want us to know as a group that, hey, I'm going to be encouraged tonight. Someone's going to encourage me. People are going to see the best in me tonight. People are going to uh, come to me and give me a compliment. I want that to be our group. You know, just as I, or just as I look forward to hanging out with those Kyle Pastor friends, like my heart gets happy. I'm like, yay! I get to hang out with my friends from across the state. I get really jittery and excited. I pray that that would be this group. When you're about to hang out with Scott Dooley, like you're just like, wow, that dude's amazing. He's going to encourage me tonight like every time Scott comes I say something to him during the sermon gotta love that guy all right so let's be a plea let's be a people who don't only bless and honor God during worship but also we bless and honor each other okay that's the challenge for tonight so the worship team would come up we're gonna close out here so the main idea tonight is this we throw it up on the screen again we should use our words to bless and not to curse So you've all come here tonight with different struggles. You know, some of you have come in struggling with speaking vulgarly. Uh, You know, maybe you don't use the name of Jesus in a good way. You instead use it to curse. And I'm just going to say that's straight from the pit of hell. Stop it. Like, don't do that. Don't use Jesus' name to curse. If you do that, I pray that God would convict you tonight. And maybe you're feeling that conviction. You know, maybe you talk dirty with your friends or maybe you talk poorly about your friends. Or maybe you talk poorly about yourself. I didn't address that. But also, you know, tearing ourselves down isn't from God either. You know, Maybe that's what you struggle with. Or maybe you're quick to criticize and slow to build up, you know, some, I don't know why, but it seems like young guys in their early 20s who are passionate, are passionate about God, like every sermon they sit in, they're criticizing. They're not building up. And I'm not insecure. Like, if you want to criticize me, go ahead. But let's not be that group. Let's not look for something. I pray when... If you're going to come to church on Sunday, don't sit and criticize Nick the whole time in your head, okay? Just setting you up right now for success, Pastor Nick. Uh, just kidding. But don't be someone who has to criticize all the time. Use discernment, yeah. Like if something's not from the Word of God, then you can say, hey, that's not the Word of God. But don't be someone who's always looking to criticize. Be someone who always wants to build up. I pray that you wouldn't always be quick when you get away from someone to criticize them to other people. To say, hey, do you notice that about that person? Wow, they really stink. They're really annoying. Pray that wouldn't be our group. I pray that instead we'd say, wow, that person's amazing. Like they do such a good job doing, or doing whatever, doing the thing they do in Chi Alpha. I pray that, that would be our group where we just build each other up. Ephesians 4 29 again. Okay, I want this to really get just kind of written on our hearts tonight. He says, Paul says, just let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up and as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Build one another up. And I pray that you would know this too as we talk about doing something for God. I pray that you would know that Jesus died for your corrupting talk. He died for all your sins. We talk about sins every week and typically we're thinking about the big ones and this one you don't really think about but he died for your corrupting talk as well. You know, while you were rebellious, sinful, saying unwholesome things, Jesus died for you so you could have a right relationship with God. Isn't that beautiful? Like, I think about the things I've said in my life, the times I got caught when I was younger talking about my friends, Jesus died for that. It's pretty amazing because I felt really stupid during those times. I didn't think anyone would love me when I'm saying those things. Like those times you just get caught. Jesus died for that. So I pray tonight that you would know that Jesus loves you so much and that he died for all of your sins. And if you're not a Christian, I pray that you would give your life to Jesus and allow him to take your filthy rags and exchange them for his righteousness. And if you're a Christian, I pray that you would just or just hear this call of Jesus. And I always kind of think of Jesus when he's calling me to do something new, like calling me to step out of some sinful habits. I just kind of view him as just being kind of up on this hill. Like not saying you need to work your way up here, but just saying it's way better up here. Come up here, like rise above that. Like the air is a lot better up here. It's a lot fresher up here when you're not talking poorly about people. It's a lot fresher up here when you're not looking at pornography. That's the call that I feel that like Jesus has for us. He doesn't condemn us. He's not hammering us down, but he's saying, come on, like the weather's nice. So I pray tonight that we would say, hey, I want to go up on that hill with Jesus, come up higher with him, and say, hey, I don't want to talk badly about people anymore. Like, when I die, like, I want people to say, Daniel never said a bad thing about anybody. He was always quick to encourage. And I want that to be our group. So if you guys would just stand with me, I'm going to challenge you with a couple of things. Can we be a group that just uses our words wisely? So back to the first point, when we're instructing others in the word of God, or even when we're shaping our own beliefs, I pray that we'd be a people who take very seriously the word of God. We take very seriously his teachings. We take seriously what correct doctrine is. And I pray that each of us would be people who say, hey, when I teach others just by my life or whatever, like I'm gonna make sure I'm pointing them to Jesus and not away from him. I'm gonna make sure I'm pointing them to truth and not away from it. So the second thing I wanna ask you guys, the first thing is to instruct others correctly in the word of God. The second thing is can we choose to follow this tra- this uh, trajectory as the second point instead of using our words to give life and not to destroy so we can go on this beautiful path because that's a good way to go it's going to set your life up for success it's going to set you up for a good wholesome joyful life third thing can we allow Jesus to redeem our tongues so I joked about you know the Cyrus song or I can't be tamed whatever it's true though our tongues can't be tamed without Jesus so can we allow Jesus's love to compel us to change can we, can we allow Jesus to tame our tongues and the fourth thing to the fourth point Can we use our words to bless and not to curse? That's the call tonight. So I pray that we do that. So if you just bow your heads and close your eyes. First, I just want to give you opportunity. If you're in this room and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I pray tonight that you would know how much he loves you and that he gave his life for you on the cross. He knew all your flaws. He knew all your shortcomings. He knew all the unwholesome things you'd say and he still stayed on the cross. So tonight, if you want to put your faith in Jesus, or make a recommitment to follow him. Can you slip up your hand? I can't even see it because it's too dark. So it's between you and God. All right, I'm not sure if anyone raised their hand, but if that was you, I'm gonna pray with you right now. Let's pray as a group, just in your hearts. I'm just gonna pray a prayer of surrender to God, just asking him to forgive us and to come into our hearts and to give us a fresh start. God, we love you so much. And we thank you that you sent your only son to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus, we thank you for coming and for being our friend, God for being patient with us, for waiting it out as we struggled through our sin. and God, tonight we just ask you to come into our hearts. God, we surrender our lives and just submit to your lordship and just say, hey, God, we wanna follow you. We wanna experience your love. Pray that in Jesus' name. And the second question is this. If tonight, if the Lord convicted you of something and you just wanna repent through just raising your hand and just a sign that you're repenting of something of just using your words unwisely. If that's you, can you just lift up your hand or just an act of repentance and surrender? All right, I'm gonna pray for that. Jesus, I pray that you would see our hands and you would see our hearts, God. We wanna repent tonight. We wanna, one, confess our sin of talking poorly about people or speaking vulgarly or whatever, and also reject it and say, that doesn't have to be in my life. That doesn't have to be in our lives. And God, we wanna come up on the hill with you where the air smells a lot better and there's a nice breeze. God, we just want to follow you and just follow your teachings and live our lives in such a way where we're just just pleasing you and also we are just living our lives to the fullest, which is whatever you tell us to do. So God, tonight we want to do that. We just want to make a commitment to speak, or to speak wholesome words and to build up, to encourage, and to bless. In Jesus' name, amen.